Hello, everyone. Welcome to Speak Brave Podcast. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are, on Earth, on land, on the sea, or in space. Welcome, Speak Brave tribe and nation. Today, I have two guests in the studio. Very excited. Uh, return guest, Richard Orr, my friend, and uh, toast, distinguished Toastmaster. And then I have another friend, Kathy Knott. Also distinguished Toastmaster, which she just reached that designation, and it's a big deal. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much for having us. Thank you, Mark. Uh, We appreciate the opportunity to come in and speak to your audience, speak brave. And we get to explore Kathy's journey as she was growing, what I like to title, Not Growing. Not Growing. So, Kathy, would you tell us... Uh, about your journey where did it start what did you experience and where are you now it started with the gentleman sitting right next to me Richard Orr as his girlfriend he kept saying come to Toastmasters come see what it's about come 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 and so I'd come and I'd watch and I'd say yeah that's nice for him that's good I, I can learn what I need to learn without getting up there and speaking was my my thought process so I would continue coming I'd help him out with Toastmaster projects and that's kind of how it got started and then I had the unique opportunity of being approached by a fellow Toastmaster and she asked me to if I would be willing to contribute half of your membership in order for you to become a member which I gladly did, and in June, uh, July of 2015, Kathy officially became a member of Winter Haven Toastmasters. Yeah. Unofficially, not by my choice. They, <laughs> they surprised me at their end of year celebration with a certificate for a membership to Winter Haven Toastmasters, and I started and was scared to death. And that's what a lot of people experience, right? You know, it's, you know, public speaking, nobody's born, do you think? <laughs> Somebody's born and, and, and starts speaking already, you know, like, where's the nearest Toastmasters? They, they have their phone in hand and they start signing up. I, I feel that we as Toastmasters sometimes forget, right, the privilege and the ability that we have, right, to speak in front of audiences and make sense. But people who are not familiar with Toastmasters, they are scared. They may not ad- address and say, oh, I'm going to do it later or I'm okay. But they are scared. It's true, right? Yes, Would you very, agree with that? Very, very true. I was scared. And there were many times that I thought, this is it. I'm not doing it anymore <laughs> after getting up there and speaking. Richard can attest that after I gave my first speech on the way home, we talked, and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I forget this. The stress level's through the roof. I'm done. I'm not going to do it. And that's when I chipped in, and I said, you know, you did it. That was your goal. You accomplished your goal. Although you're going to be your own worst critic, you need to put that aside and revel in the fact that you did it and that that's what it's all about is getting up there in front of a group of people even if it's reading it, which you did your first speech, but at least you did it and you accomplished your goal. And for that, I was very proud. And I wouldn't let you quit. I said, no, let's, let's, let's do it again. And this probably went on for about four or five times. 
to which at some point you calm down enough to say, okay, I'm ready to do it again. I'm ready to get up there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Toastmasters is all about. It's not that we, we are born with the ability. It's that Toastmasters wants to bring out what you can do and in, in allowing you to have a platform where people care about you to allow you to get up, to speak your mind, and at the same time give you positive, constructive feedback so that the next go-around you can improve on that. And you did that very, very well. To that, you earned your competent communicator in less than a year, well, right at about a year. Yeah. So I was very proud of you for, for achieving your competent communicator. But you didn't stop there, did you? No, I continued on with the encouragement of the other Toastmasters in the club and Richard to take a leadership path because I saw that as an area that I could grow into. And some background information, I'm very much an introvert. I do not like getting up and speaking in front of people. And I would hide in the background all through school, all through my whole entire life. And although I had things to say and wanted to share, I would never do it because I was so scared. And Toastmasters and the people in the club encouraged me and helped me continue to grow to take on the leadership roles that I did. I mean, I was, I was first started as a treasurer of the club and then became an area director. And that was just an amazing time. And this year I'm club president. And I think I've learned more being club president than any of those other roles in Toastmasters. What did you learn? What, what kind of things can you share? Some of the things that I learned was you really need a team of players when you're working in the club atmosphere. So you need that team to work together for a common goal. And to keep that in mind throughout the whole year that you're president. It's not always easy. You have people that don't want to or don't have the time to contribute like they want because they're in a volunteer setting and life gets in the way. And it's finding ways to work around that, to still work together to achieve the ultimate goal, which is helping every member in the club succeed. I think that this year, Kathy did a very good job of making the team very cohesive. And that's one of the biggest challenges when you have a team such as seven of us that was on the leadership team, mm -hmm. uh, just being able to take time away from the club to come together, sit around a table, fellowship, have dinner, uh, before having our executive officer meeting. And that's very important to have that cohesion, have that downtime where we can just share, to, uh, share about ourselves away from the club. And because of that, that really made the club officers this year very well-knit. And it allowed us to excel to a point that it propelled us to, to a level that I have never seen in Winter Haven Toastmasters. Wow. And I've been a member for quite some time. I'm no longer an active member, but I can still uh, attest to the great things that I've seen. And from you, Kathy, and from you, Richard, in various leadership positions couple things I want to explore here. Um, 
Kathy, I have seen this over and over again. Somebody joins Toastmasters, don't feel they're ready, they're scared to death, but they do it. They do it, they do it better, they grow, they become better and better and better. What areas of life have been transformed for you after everything you learned? One of the biggest things that happened for me was when a past supervisor approached me after a meeting and she said, you know, since you joined that Toastmaster thing, you've really changed. You're willing to speak up in meetings and you never did that before. So I can truly attest that Toastmasters gave me the confidence to be able to stand up and speak. Okay. So you find more, um, would you say, courage? Yes. In, 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 in the world outside of Toastmasters? Yes. Find more courage. And what will you do with it now? Well, I speak out more at, the, at our meetings at work, and I'm hoping to move in different directions there at my office where I would have never explored those options. One of the things is I want to start a Toastmaster club there. Mm -hmm. And Florida Poly is where I work. And what the idea being that if I can get faculty and staff behind it and we get a Toastmaster club started, we can then do things called what are called speech crafts mm -hmm. and offer those to the students on a regular basis. And that will help them be able to speak in their interview styles or when they go out for an interview or have a project that they need to present to a potential business partner. Right, right. I would say that it's also improved our relationship greatly because mm -hmm. it has given both of us the, not really the ability, but it has given us the wherewithal to speak our minds to each other more clearly, more eloquently, and more concisely so that our decision-making process is a lot defined, is, is, more, is not better, maybe better. Our, our, <clears throat> our decision process, make our decision-making process is better. There we go. Our decision-making process is better. And that, and that in itself, can help any relationship to excel because I think a lot of relationships fall because the communication, because there is a lot of disagreements in, in relationships and if you don't sit down and clearly, concisely communicate each other's feelings and hash them out and figure out the, the best way to go. It's not a compromise, by the way. It's you're figuring a, a better way to do whatever you're up against, then I, this have, is no, a great, I have no clue where I was going with that. <laughs> this is a great pivot. Um, would you mind talking about what makes a relationship vibrant? What, if, if we are here now, what kind of things that people don't always think about but are important or something that was important to you? that makes the relationship strong, makes it grow? What is there certain things that help you? 
He looks at me. <laughs> no, no, I just wondering if you wanted to go first. Oh, no, you go ahead and go okay. first. I think that although like John Morrow and Donna, I, I feel that I envy them because they have a relationship for many, many years. They've been married for 44, 44 plus years. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I say, look, I look at what I lost out on, you know, the children, the, the family, the just having in that relationship. And so now that I've been dating Kathy and through Toastmasters, I think that one of the key things for a relationship is having things that you both enjoy together. And I say that not just because of Toastmasters, but, you know, because we are active, like, in the Master Gardener community uh, through through our county, that we have that, that we can spend time. We have the same taste when trying to figure out plants and animals and, you know, go bird watching or walking through forest and camping. So we have all those activities that keep us connected, to keep us bonded, that gives us conversations that, and I hate to say this, but that doesn't revolve around the television. I listen to some people, and it's like they think they're living in the real world because they're listening, talking about the game of the the thrones or whatever that is, and I'm like, I have no clue what that is. But, you you know, it's like real world things that, you know, Kathy and I can connect on. And that's helped keep our relationship strong. Because growing up, for me, I was not taught good interpersonal communication skills. Because it seemed like every time that there was a problem that would come up, you know, it was like we'd pack up and move. And so I thought that's how you dealt with problems. If you had a problem with somebody, you just pick up and move, you know, you don't or you don't ever talk to them ever again. And so whenever we have a situation that comes up, you know, because of what we've learned in Toastmasters, uh, we've been able to work through there, work through it, talk it through, and then come up with a solution that works for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what is your take on this? Um, and what is your input? For me, I think one of the things that's neat about our relationship is that we complement each other. There are certain things that you do really well, and there are certain things that I do. And when we're, for instance, when we're hiking somewhere, you'll say, what's that plant? And my background as a research biologist, I would, if I knew what that plant was, I'd share that. (laughs) Or I would at least go and look it up. Absolutely. And then there's things like electrical things. It's like, ah, oh, how come this isn't working? And, and you step in. But it's not just those things. There's interpersonal things that I'm struggling with something, and there's things that you offer. You know, we were talking about Toastmasters and how I was saying I was going to quit and how you would talk me off of the edge of quitting every time I would speak for the, at least the first five speeches that I ever did. And that, I think, is even more important in a relationship, is to have somebody there that's supporting you, helping you, encouraging you. And that helps you individually to grow and to grow together. Mm. Thank you. Uh, That's very nice uh, to hear about your Game of Thrones uh, feelings (laughs) and your uh, native 
and invasive plants in Florida. This is, <laughs> this is the speeches that I have heard. Yes. Um, I do want to compliment uh, you, Kathy. I have heard you speak, and I'll talk about you as well, Richard. Um, a lot of the speeches that I've heard in a Toastmasters environment are very deeply thought out. So one thing I want to mention to you is you have mentioned before to me, Richard, and you as well, Kathy, that you self-identify as an introvert, mm-hmm. right? And one of the things that I have learned in the past, I think being an introvert is actually a great, very strong advantage being a speaker. So as a speaker, if you're an introvert, you do a lot of you, you do a lot of research, you're rigorous in your thinking, you're fluid in your reasoning. You, you're you know you really you really you don't just do surface uh, type of uh, understanding. You go deep, right? And that's what the audience craves. They really want somebody who is subject matter expert, somebody who didn't just come up with this solution or thought. They really thought it through. They tested it. So talk about being an introvert and how that helped you as a speaker. Speakers. Mm. Go ahead, Richard. I, I would agree with Mark in that it does force me to really step up my game in looking at the subject matter to really do my research. Um, Just like we were talking before the interview that not knowing what I was getting into in this podcast, I binge listened to all of the Mark's Speak Brave podcasts just so that I would have a clue as to what I was getting into and it also gave me a very good insight into Mark and what Mark, how Mark's brain works and what I like about him and what I don't like about him. No, I'm just joking, Mark. <laughs> uh, but at the same point, it, it, it allows me now to take all that information that I've, I've learned from listening to your podcast or from whatever I'm researching into turn it into malleable information that people can use from from the lectern. And sometimes we think that people don't want to listen to us. You know, that was one of the things that would always cross my mind. Why would somebody want to listen to me talk about Florida-friendly plants when I personally don't know nothing about Florida-friendly plants? However, I found out that people don't want to do the research like I've done to learn about Florida-friendly plants. You know, they don't want to, to sit down and take a 13-week course through the extension office to become a master gardener, you know, because that was what we had to do in order to become mm-hmm. a master gardener. So I think that's, that's, then when I find that out, then I find out that, no, I'm, it makes us, a notch above or a step up or whatever you want to say that that we're willing to do that research and then to step up and speak brave about that subject that really that really does resonate and then when you add your personal stories or other people's stories into your presentations then people they 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 get onto it and as mark would say that's what the juice is all about and so, uh, the, but that's, that's very important. I think that is one of the highest honors that you can give somebody is to tell their story. And I think that's why we're here today is to tell Kathy's story about her being, her working four years very diligently doing 
earning her competent communicator or competent leader, working through, you know, being the, the treasurer and then the area director. And oh my goodness, she did such a good job as the area director. People loved you. <laughs> and then moving on to this year, you know, earning your competent, you know, doing all your advanced manuals that you needed to do and your you, your youth leadership. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was that was an adventure in itself, going and helping some youth uh, be able to learn how to speak effectively in front of people and how to run a meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, then to become our club president this year and to really excel at that, uh, it's just it's phenomenal. And I, I echo what people say that I've, I have seen your growth so much over these past four years that it just it makes me proud to actually watch the journey but yet to to walk to walk the journey with you and to be there for you it's just it's amazing it's amazing and i can't wait to see what the future has but let's celebrate now <laughs> so i i do want to this is a great segue what is next what is next for richard what is next for kathy what is next for you as a as a as a as a couple as a as a as a power as a team we're celebrating first okay. <laughs> okay. we we have our our sights set on celebration the may 18th at the at the conference. district district 84 conference i'm going to be at the end of the line grinning from ear to ear as kathy gets to do her dtm walk because i'll be so proud of her because all the work that she's done <laughs> Once we complete the DTM walk, then we will think about what's in the future. Because I think that's another thing that we don't stop enough and celebrate uh, of, of the big milestones. Because we're, we're, always, we're always looking for what's bigger, what's best, what's next. And we just need to stop and revel in what we have accomplished. And, and for me to to get to goat on Kathy because of all of her hard work, uh, it's just my privilege. It's my honor. And I will do this for anybody in my, in my circle, in my tribe, my family that <laughs> achieves the level of success that you have. I, I would have to say that, um, you know, I hear Richard say how proud he is of me, and I still struggle with those kinds of comments because... Although I made this achievement, there were so many people behind me that made it happen. And he was one of those big ones in the background saying, you can do it throughout the four years of working towards this level. And I would say that, yes, like him, I'm celebrating, but I'm also going to just take some time and breathe and enjoy the achievement for a little while before I decide what direction next yeah that's a big deal absolutely and i agree with you thank you for that reminder one thing struck um into my thinking as you were just speaking you richard and you kathy that doubt that struggle that that fear right that lives deep inside where do you think it comes from why why does that exist because we're human Yeah, Yeah, that's not probably the answer you're looking for. I think a little bit 
It, it really does depend on your upbringing because there's, there's people that I look at that they, they seem like they don't have any fear. You know, they're willing to do anything. So I think there's, there's different sets of fear. You know, there's those people that are raised to be brave, you know, that they, they open their mouth and they ramble about anything. Uh, then there's those people like myself. I become very brave when I'm with people. Like if I'm with Kathy, I'll talk to anybody. You know, if I'm with my coworkers, I'll talk to anybody. But when I'm by myself, I'm I'm afraid to stop at a at a convenience store that I've never been to before, because you know there's a lot of questions running through my mind. I don't have any cash. Will they accept a debit card? Will they give me a hard time? Am I going to get in there and they're not going to have what I need? So I'm like. Well, I'm just going to drive on by. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get, you know. So for me, I think that brave bravery is it's it's inside of us that I heard you talk about it, the fear, you know, being in the car all the time and that, you know, you just have to, you know, I say I put it in the trunk, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it needs to go in the trunk because uh, – but at the same time, fear does keep us from doing some stupid things. You know, uh, fear keeps us from jumping off the bridge uh, because, you know, fear says don't jump, you know. And so we have, to, we have to learn what the balance of good fear versus bad fear is and that in being around the right people, having the right group of people, it helps us with that because... Um, you know, I've talked about being addicted to cocaine. Well, now I have a fear of cocaine because it's what it can do to me. But back when I was addicted to it, I was not afraid of it because it was, and I, I wish I had that healthy fear of it, but now I do because I understand it. So it has to be taught. It's not common. It's not common sense anymore. We have to be taught. Um so, yeah, you have to learn it, you have to identify it, and you have to identify what's the good fear versus what's the bad fear, and then, and then we have to overcome it. So, so if, I, if I heard you, you said when you're with Kathy or with your team, you, you elevate, right? You elevate in your courage. And so is the answer for you then to be around Kathy and have her and other people who will... It's like an ignite. It's like, you know, like a spark, right? It's like ignite. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. Um, yes. I, I totally agree with that. And I would say that there was a movie. I don't remember what it was. It was about a U-boat captain, that a U-boat that the guy, the captain died. And then the guy that was next in charge stepped up. And then there was a scene that happened. And then the guy said, I don't know. And then the chief of the boat came on, and those people who know the, the movie will tell you. But the chief of the boat came to the, the new captain and said, that's something you do not ever tell anybody is that you don't know because you don't want to pass that oh, fear okay. on to the people. Right. So I think that's what happens when I get around people is I, it changes my mindset because I have to be brave when I'm with other people. So, but when I'm by myself, I'm not accountable to anybody. So I allow myself to slip into that ditch mm. and allow myself to give in to that fear where I don't stop and I don't do this because I'm by myself. But when I'm with other people, that kind of helps me keep me accountable to, to, to be brave, to speak up, right. to, 
I don't know if that's what you were asking, but that's... I, that's, it, it, that's... I, I can resonate with that. I, I also want to hear from uh, Kathy. What is your take on this? Where, where does fear come from? Where does it live? And why, why is it, why is it so, um, such a powerful force in our lives? I think it's a powerful force in our lives because we let it be. I think it's something that we can hone and use in certain in certain ways. And then I think that um, it's created with life experiences, either our parents or situations we've been in at school, things that have just happened to us that make that heightened for us. Being introverted, I think that makes that fear heightened even more in our lives. And, you know, as an introvert, there are times when I just would rather at a conference go up to my hotel room and not be around anybody because it just becomes overwhelming, the conversations and the interactions and I just need a break. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just who I am and the introvert in me that needs that cool down time, as I call it. Other people can continue on, and that's great. But we're back to fear. Fear, I think, is something that, like I said, you can hone in and actually use to encourage yourself to break free of in life. And Toastmasters is a great way to do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Richard. Thank you both for coming. Um, what would be the best way to reach out to both of you or individually if somebody would like to invite you to their uh, TV station or maybe another <laughs> podcast or an event to be a speaker or an expert? For me, uh, Richard Orr, you can reach me at 863-241-3028. That is my preferred method of communication. You can try to email me at richard.hoar at oarelectric.com. And if Kathy wants, you can just route all that email through me and... I'll make sure that she gets it. Thank you. You're welcome. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for coming uh, and doing a podcast. I am so proud of her. She earned her Distinguished Toastmasters. Yay! Yes, yay! We're very proud. Um, <laughs> and I am proud of you as well. Um, Thank you. I am not a Distinguished Toastmaster. It's, uh, it's out of my reach. Why not? Well, because I didn't set that as my... Goal. Objective, my goal, my objective. It's it's some it's it's a story for another episode. So okay. we will talk about it <laughs> another time. <laughs> Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and I hope this episode will find you well. Whether you forget to speak brave or not, I hope you have a great time, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>